Broadcasting by the sea in sunny San Diego, this is the Ascended Masters at Work show, where we lift the veil of mysticism and reveal ancient secrets brought to earth by the world's greatest spiritual teachers. Here we share real-life stories that change lives and widen our eyes. And now, here is your host and spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It again is a sunny day in San Diego, which is why I really love living here. And we're going to have a lot of fun today because I have one of my favorite coaches on the line. And he's got some amazing things to tell you. And many of you know that I've been in the process of writing my book. And believe it or not, I got all my personal edits done and sent it over to the editor. So I feel so free for the moment. But it won't be long because he'll be getting it back to me to read yet again. (laughs) So I have so many times to read it before you ever get to see it. It's just amazing. And, you know, this gentleman put on a great event last night. If you ever get a chance to attend one of his events, you will get so much information about what to do with your book. And I hired him as a coach because I needed somebody to light a fire under me to actually get my book finished. It had been, I I wrote the guts in two days, believe it or not. And then it just sat around and I couldn't get to it and I couldn't get to it. How many of you know what that feels like? Because I bet you have a book in you too. And I bet if you've already written your book, you're leaving it laying around just like I was. But this man made a huge difference in the progress of my book. And he's also going to make a huge difference in the progress of my keynote speaking career, which is really where I want to go. And I always tell all of you, and even in my book, it says, if you want a coach, make sure that you hire one that is already at the point of where you want to go. Did you get that? Hire someone that is already doing what you want to do. Because if they haven't tacked back and forth, you know how a sailboat tacks back and forth one way and then the other, and they get to make all the mistakes before you get there. That's what I tell my students too when it comes to sales is let, I made all the mistakes for you. So don't make those mistakes again. But then we hire coaches that aren't where we're at or where we want to go in hopes that they'll get us there and they can't do it because they haven't done all the work that will cost you so much money if they've done it already. So I hope that makes sense. So the reason I hired this gentleman is because he'd already made all the mistakes I didn't want to make. And he is my mentor for my next steps in my career. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about him before I introduce him onto the show. And you won't believe it. He is a professional keynote speaker, right? That's what I just said a few minutes ago. And he's all about how to publish a book. And he's been in front of 3,500 audiences over four continents. Can you believe that? I want to be able to say that in a year. That's That would be my goal. And we'll see if I can say that in a year. And he's gotten me there. So as a publishing coach, he's mentored over 1,200 clients throughout the world to successfully publish their fiction, nonfiction, memoirs, legacy, or children's books. He's pretty broad in what he can help you do. 
And he has actually been a New York Times international seller, or is it a bestseller? I'll let him share with you. And he was in USA Today, and he was recently featured in a Spanish edition of Forbes magazine. I didn't even know they had a Spanish edition, did you? So let me just tell you, his first book, and now you're going to know who it is, Creating Your Own Destiny, it was, it's just absolutely amazing. And he also wrote The Affluent Entrepreneur, Boy Entrepreneur, and he contributed to, I know you know this book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Now, this gentleman, his name is Patrick Snow. Patrick, are you there? Come on. Charlene, I'm thrilled to be on the show with you. And I got to tell you, that could very well be the best speaker introduction that I've ever written. So thank you for so eloquently sharing that today. Uh, You are certainly welcome. And I'm so happy to have you on the show today because I know there are so many people out there that have a book in them or they're struggling with trying to write a book or, you know, it's just I've seen I'm going to start by asking you a really hard question. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. I see all these entrepreneurs, because you know that's who I coach, um, who write chapters in books. And they say, oh, I just want to do that so I can become an author. What do you think about that? Well, it doesn't really matter what I think about that. What matters is what do their paying prospective meeting planner and coaching prospects think about that. And the reality of it is what they think about that is they think, oh, that person's not a real author because they just submitted three to five pages of one chapter in one book with 40 other authors. So they're just a lowly contributing author. And I have to tell you, I'm a contributing author to about 15 books, and I don't know that I've ever gotten a speaking engagement, a coaching client, any publicity at all from doing that. So I'm okay if people do it. I just don't think it's your best business card. It's a a second-rate process, second-rate product, and unfortunately, you just don't get a lot of respect. So I strongly encourage all my clients to solely author, to write, publish, and promote their own book with only their name on the book. And when they do that, their coaching uh, prospects that are going to hire them as a coach and the meeting planner uh, prospects that are going to hire them as a speaker, they will be 10 times more impressed with a solely published book than a co-authored book. And with that being the case, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doing the co-authored books as long as you have the sole authored book. But I wouldn't do just the uh, co-authored book as your main leading tool, so to speak. So in other words, take that chapter that you wrote and write another 58,000 words, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or 45,000 or 40,000. We'll figure out a way to stretch it into a book. Very good point. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, maybe now is a good time for you to define what a sole authored book is and the best kind of book for people to focus on writing. Well, I'm very different than a lot of people. I mean, I really don't actually even care if people read my book. You know, I just care that they buy the book. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't even care if the books sell. All I care about is giving my books away to meeting planners and to coaching prospects so they can invest in my speaking, coaching, and consulting. So to me, I believe a book is the world's greatest marketing secret in the history of our business. A book is a physical website. It's a lead generating tool, an attraction magnet. It is a physical, uh, I mean, a fat business card. It is the single greatest investment that you can make in your business 
Because once you write and publish your book, now people view you as the uh, expert. And the reality of it is every human being on planet Earth is an expert at whatever they're most passionate about. But until we have the word author next to our name on our business card, certainly nobody in the media is going to recognize us as that credentialed expert. And then if they don't recognize that, they're not going to give us tens of thousands or millions of dollars worth of free publicity. And so we want the media on our side. We want to get free publicity. And hence, that's the reason why we need to author a book. Mm, great. Okay. So give us the tips on how many words and why you think it. Um, go f- Give us that too. And what you think the quality of the book should be, because I see a lot of garbage out there and I see a lot of people publishing their own books and then they want to put, you wouldn't believe books actually rain on me. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. Because people want to be on the show, but I got to tell you, I look at their books and I go, "Mm, I don't think so. This is not the, not the kind of quality that I want to have on the show. And so I think a book and how it's presented and and what it looks like when you get it makes a big difference, don't you? Absolutely, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, the reality of it is a lot of people cr- put out or create booklets, and yet other people do books. So typically a booklet is defined as a book that's 100 pages or less. And so I'm a big, huge proponent that says the fatter the book is equals the fatter the paycheck is. And conversely, the thinner the waistline is equals the thicker the bank account is as well. But the bottom line, there are 100 decisions, plus or minus, that every writer, author, entrepreneur, we all need to decide on these 100 decisions through the process of writing, publishing, and promoting our book. And the reality of it is most people can make 20, 30, or 40 of those decisions correctly, but oftentimes they fail miserably on the 40, 50, 60 major decisions such as title and subtitle and tagline and cover design and inside flap copy and testimonial and front page inserts and back page inserts and writing formulas and exercises. So these are all things that I coach and teach. I help my clients. I take them by the hand, walk them through the process and help them deliver a world-class book that's higher and better quality uh, published than the traditional books that are coming out of New York, bright white paper, hardcover, 50 to 60,000 words. A 50,000 word book is about 250 pages. A 60,000 words is 300 pages. And you want the book to be big enough and thick enough and heavy enough and be hardcover enough so that it has plunk factor. So when you plunk a book down on someone's desk, whether it be a meeting planner or a coaching prospect, it's not going to be feather light and paper thin. And so based on that, they're going to see, wow, there's some meat here. This person has a lot to offer as an author, speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. So the sweet spot that I coach and teach is 50 to 60,000 words, 250 to 300 pages, and then hardcover because that's what the New York publishers do. And then typically a year later, they come out with a book in a trade paperback. Uh, I'd say about 30% of my clients, especially a lot of women clients, they want the book in soft cover right out of the gate because they want it smaller and lighter to fit in women's handbags, and that's okay too. But if they go that direction, I strongly encourage them that they use a French flap technology where you have an inside flap and a back flap on a soft cover book. And that's a better quality product as well. Uh, one of the other things that we do differently than most every other book in the marketplace, on the hardcover books, we do a technology called image wrap, where the actual dust jacket of the book, when you remove that from the hardcover book, the dust jacket is also actually printed on the board of the book. And that's another high-end Uh, bell and whistle, so to speak, that most people don't do. 
Mm, wow, that's awesome, Patrick. Thank you for that. Um, we're going to take our first call, if that's okay with you. We have quite a few callers on the line. Are you, are you ready for your first question? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. All right. So let's uh, get Renee on the line. Renee, are you there? I know you have a yes. burning question. <laughs> yes. Thank you for thank you for taking my call, Shirlene, and I love sure. your show. Oh, thank you. So, thank you. So my name is Renee, and I'm calling from Beverly Hills, and I have two pa- uh, questions for Patrick. Um, one <clears> of them, the first one is, how long does it take to get a book published from the time I finish writing to editing to printing to actually the book launch? And then what do you suggest? Do you like hardcover, softcover, or ebook? What is your opinion, Patrick? Very good question. Um, I've had people take, like, for example, I spent five years and $20,000 writing and publishing my first book 20, 25 years ago because I had no clue what I was doing. And then typically today my clients are getting published in three to six to nine months and they're investing eight, nine, $10,000 start to finish. And then when they make that investment, they can make, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands or even six figures in this business doing the speaking coaching consulting so the book becomes the 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 ticket to the circus the book becomes your your investment to cash in so you can start making big money for speaking coaching consulting so typically my clients will probably spend a month two months three months writing the manuscript of 50 to 60,000 words once they write the manuscript between editing and proofreading in typesetting, in cover design, in ISBN number, in printing. Um, if we compress it, it can take about a month to two months. Uh, that's probably on average once the manuscript is done. After that manuscript is done and sent to the editor, then you're looking at about another one to two months before that book is actually in print and available at Barnes & Noble and bookstores worldwide. And by the way, we also have all our clients get global book distribution and as a result of that, it's a, a, a much better uh, you know, way to promote and market the book. Her second question, Renee, great question. I hear this all the time. There's tons and tons and tons of entrepreneurs that are trying to take the shortcut and they just want to do an ebook. And they think if they have an ebook, then they're going to get the same level of credential and credibility. And unfortunately, everything in this world is done electronically. We get bombarded with emails, with texts, with all of these electronic files. And the reality of it is we just don't have time to read all of our emails and follow up with everything that we get electronically. And so for that reason, a lot of meeting planners and coaching prospects really don't pay attention to ebooks a whole lot. It is a huge market and it is growing, but if you really want to impress that coaching prospect or that meeting planner, you physically mail them a signed copy of your book with a nice inscription and that will do them a huge huge justice for them and for you in terms of your ability to increase your chances to getting paid as the speaker or as the coach. So that's what I do for all my prospects all over the United States. I just simply mail them the hardcover of the book. But I'm also a big fan of eBooks as well. And now when I'm marketing and prospecting to meeting planners and coaching prospects outside of the United States, I email my PDF slash eBook version of the book to them in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, uh, anywhere in the world because I can send an ebook literally in five or ten seconds electronically via email and now these people on the other side of the world are getting the books immediately and they don't have to wait 30 days for the book to show up in the mail and then get stuck in customs and they don't have to pay $30 for shipping to get the book through um, and then take the risk that it might not get through customs if they don't think it's a free gift. 
So both ebooks and printed books are required and are necessary and are good. But when you physically give a hardcover copy of the book to a prospect, the chances of them engaging with you as a paying client, I think, are 10 times greater than if you just gift them the ebook. So send the ebook everywhere internationally and then send the printed hardcover book everywhere domestically and you'll be in good shape. Great question, Renee. Thank you, Renee. And I want to make a really good point that in the very beginning of Patrick's answer, did you hear how, what did you say, how much it cost you to do your first book, Patrick? Uh, 20,000 in five years. (laughs) And because he said he had no clue, do you remember him saying, I had no clue what to do? That's why you hire a coach that's already done it. He'll save you all that money and all that time. So, and and create a better product in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's the whole point of hiring a coach that's already done all the tacking back and forth for you, right? Absolutely. And so, Renee, thank you so much for calling in. That Those were really, really good questions. And I want to move on to Jim on line two. Hi, Jim. You must have a burning question, too. Uh, I do, Sherilyn. Can you hear me? We do hear you. Great. Yes, I have a I have a, a burning question, and I'm like right now jumping up and down. So thank you so much for uh, <laughs> I call. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Jim. Tell us your question. Okay, Patrick. Thank you for being on. It says it's been my life dream to write a book, and I see all of my my associates publishing books on Amazon Create Space and they keep telling me to do it and and something's telling me not to, but I, I'd like to hear your opinion. What are the pros and cons to uh, going that route? And and uh, I have a lot more questions. Is there a way that I can connect with you uh, to uh, just answer a few of my other questions uh, uh, as well? Sure, I'll, I'll give you my uh, contact information. My website is thepublishingdoctor.com, thepublishingdoctor.com. There you can find my email address and my phone number, and I'd be honored to offer you a complimentary, no obligation, 30 to 60-minute publishing, book marketing, speaking consultation if you want to just text me your contact information and your time zone, and we'll make that set up. But with regards to your first question about Amazon's Create Space. And I'm a huge, huge fan of Amazon um, in terms of buying books and buying product. I'm a Prime member. I buy everything from Amazon that I can to save time and effort and energy. But unfortunately, uh, in terms of selling books on Amazon, um, I'm not the biggest fan and many authors aren't because of the fact that uh, uh, just like Barnes & Noble or any retailer, whether it be online or offline, uh, brick and mortar, unfortunately, they take a pretty big percentage of the sale. So for that reason, I'd like to sell books direct to the customer. So what Amazon did several years ago is they saw that a lot of the high volume and low volume, uh, actually high volume printing was being done in China. Uh, and because China has the lowest cost of manufacturing, uh, they wanted to kind of compete in that space. So Amazon created a division called Kindle Direct Publishing. Kindle Direct Publishing came up with a printing option or a printing name called CreateSpace. And CreateSpace is a fantastic, um, fantastic option if you need three or five or seven or ten books and you need them this week. I have many clients that will order 
you know, 10 books or 20 books or 30 books on a Monday and have them delivered to their hotel on a Thursday or Friday because they're speaking later that week. And that's a very good option for that. However, one of the challenges that Amazon's create space has been trying to compete with the lowest price China pricing for printing in the world. And obviously, when you're trying to compete with China, you got to go cheap, 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 cheap. And so ultimately, many of the Amazon create space books aren't the same level of quality that you would come to expect from a highly uh, high quality printed book. Sometimes the covers curl up to the sky. Um, I do believe now they're doing some hardcover books. They used to not do hardcovers, but there's a lot of technology limitations when the price is so low. So I look at Amazon's Create Space as a great place to go to order a short run, 5, 10, 15, 20 books, and you need them in three or four or five days. They're a great quick turn, turnaround, print on demand, prototype printer, but I would not view them as a high end, high quality, um, high manufacturing um, ability to create a world class 250 to 300 page hardcover book with ultra bright white paper and the covers lay flat um, with the inside flat, back flap, and all of the bells and whistles that we try to manufacture when we use the high end printers. The printers that we use around the world, I view them as like a brand new Mercedes Benz or BMWs. And unfortunately, there's a lot of mom and pop print shops out there that are like an old beat up Chevrolet or an old beat up Ford with 250,000 miles and a little bit of rust and dents and dings. So I don't want to speak negatively of Amazon because obviously they're dominating the market space in what they do. But Create Space is definitely more of a prototype, quick turn, turnaround, low volume print option and not the high quality uh, hardcover, you know, uh, ultra bright white paper, anti-tear dust jacket, image wrap technology, you know, BMW slash Mercedes Benz type printer in which that you want to do. Because the bottom line, as a professional speaker, I coach all my clients to send out books in hopes of the process that the meeting planner will select you. And I'd say five or seven or 10 years ago, nobody was shipping out books. And that's why I was winning so many gigs. Now a lot of people have come to understand that's how the game is played. So ultimately now uh, I'm mailing book and they might have eight or nine other speakers mail books. And so then it comes down to who of those eight or 10 speakers has the highest quality book, the 250 hardcover, you know, 300 pages, you know, 250 pages. And that's the speaker that they're going to select. And it's not that big a deal other than the fact there could be five or 10 or 15 or $20,000 in a speaking fee on the line. And so based on that, we don't want to go with a lower quality uh, product. We want to go with the best of the best of the best. And I'm not saying that uh, Create Space is in that same category as the mom and pops, but a lot of people make one of those 100 decisions incorrectly when they choose a very small mom and pop print shop that doesn't have the same quality that the high-end printers do. And oh, by the way, I will tell you that there's four ways to judge a printer. The best way to evaluate a printer is number one is quality. Number two is customer service, the ability to actually talk to a live voice by text and by email and by phone. Number three would be on-time delivery because you actually can't do your book launch party or your speech if the books aren't there. And then finally, number four is price. And unfortunately, everybody thinks it's price, price, price. And then they get a low price product and then they realize they're missing out on quality, customer service and on-time delivery. Great question, Jim. Let me know if I can help any more. And you know, that thank was you. awesome, Patrick. Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying thank you so much. That was a real complete answer. That 
it just it goes to show what quality uh, coaching you must. Yeah, and I was going to say, to segue into that, and then we're going to take a little break, and um, callers, hang on the line. We have more callers that have great questions for Patrick. Um, But I wanted to say that's one of the things I really like about Patrick is the customer service. He's right there. He answers his phone. He he replies to texts. And, you know, I'm really impressed with that, Patrick. I want you to know that because you don't get a lot of that with people, and they don't seem to understand the importance of being available for their clients. Well, one of the challenges that you see quickly in the publishing industry is there are lots of people out there that have maybe written and published a book, so they've created or assembled a team of account representatives that become your personal customer service representative. And the problem is you don't get to talk to the international best-selling author or the mega best-selling author. You don't get access to that person you get assigned to some customer service person, and that customer service work person works there part-time. They're not an author. They're not a professional speaker. They don't know what they're doing. They're just reading scripts. Mm-hmm. And because they have no experience, a lot of times the advice that they're giving are probably not the best advice for you. So and great, it's usually no. <laughs> it's usually no. <laughs> yeah, All very right. good. We'll be right back with our other callers. Hang on, and we'll be right with you. Hi, I'm Shirlene Reeves with Maximize Your Wealth Now with a new tip on how to maximize your wealth. What if you could compel your clients rather than selling them so that they would work with you? Wouldn't that be so much easier? Wouldn't it be easier to have more income? I talk to entrepreneur after entrepreneur, and they're running from networking group to networking group, and they're so tired. And the reason they're tired is because they're not making any money, and they don't know how to work with their perfect clients. What if I said to you, compel, don't sell, and I could give you the tips for how to do that. I'm tearing back the curtain, and I'm going to show you how I built my business from zero to multi-millions, and I want you to make multi-millions too. So check it out on my website, MaximizeYourWealthNow.com, and get signed up for the next class. I promise you, I guarantee you, you won't be sorry. I invested in Shirlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program, and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. I came in wanting to know how to get more people I could talk to. And I also learned some things I didn't know that I didn't know. And now I know. At least I have a good idea. The reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, is I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. In 10 weeks, eight Compel Don't Sell students made a total of $301,000. Isn't it time to make a compelling difference in your income? If you answered yes, call 1-888-889-9212. That's 1-888-889-9212 to register 
for the next Compel Don't Sell course and learn the art of selling with heart. Discover the secrets to the three-step sales waltz. Learn how to open a sales conversation and ask for the sale authentically in your own words. Dial to reserve your seat today. Dial 888-889-9212. Welcome back, everyone, and we've just had some amazing questions, and uh, one of the questions I want to ask you, Patrick, is what does it mean to be a bestseller? It seems like everybody I talk to today uh, has a bestseller on Amazon, and they keep calling and asking me to buy their book for 99 cents. uh, You know, tell tell us about that, uh, because I'm beginning to think it doesn't even have any meaning. Well, a very good point, and yes, that term is used, uh, way overused. Seems like anybody and everybody who sold any amount of books on Amazon calls themselves an Amazon bestseller. And um, I, I know a woman that sold 24 books on Amazon, so now she's an Amazon bestseller. Another one that sold 19 books on Amazon, and she claims to be a bestselling author. I would say, unfortunately, 50% of the authors out there that claim to be a bestseller are actually not. Um, but that's okay, and we eat to each their own. So you have People Magazine bestseller, Wall Street Journal bestseller, New York Times bestseller. You have all these different bestsellers out there. The definition that I use comes from my mentor, Dan Pointer, who wrote the book, The Self-Publishing Manual, and Dan Pointer coached me 20, 25 years ago, and unfortunately he's passed in the last few years. But Dan taught me that his definition, and he's the modern-day founding father of self-publishing, at least in the last 50 years or so. Dan Pointer's definition is 35,000 copies sold. When you hit 35,000 copies sold, then you can claim to be a best-selling author. However, um, I actually sold 24 books in a bookstore once in a book signing, and then later that week I saw in the Seattle Times that I was a Seattle Times best-selling author that week having sold only 28 books. So the definition has definitely gotten watered down, and typically everybody wants to know how to become a New York Times bestseller. And the answer to that question is that Amazon, every week in every genre, reports the top 20 sellers in each genre to the New York Times. And so if you sell 3,000 books or 10,000 books and you become a top 20 seller in your genre on Amazon in any one given week, those numbers are reported to the New York Times, and now you become a number 19 New York Times bestseller or a number 11 New York Times bestselling author. And then the brilliant marketers out there just remove the number 19 and the number 7 or 11 or whatever the ranking is, and then they brand themselves the rest of their life as a New York Times bestselling author. So in my case, I have been featured in the New York Times, but I am not a New York Times bestselling author because I really don't even care to or try to sell my books on Amazon. I don't like having third-party middlemen take all my money and maybe or maybe not that they pay me. So yes, I'm an international best-selling author, having sold upwards of a million books in five languages in 108 countries, but I'm not a New York Times best-selling author. And unfortunately, many of the bestsellers that are out there that sold mass quantities of books through bookstores, they may or may not got paid. So for example, Borders, the last four years before they went out of business, they didn't pay their author royalties. And so just because you have a label of being a New York Times bestselling author 
it doesn't really necessarily mean that you're getting paid or that you're making money. So I just tell people, go out and do whatever you can in the course of a lifetime to sell 35,000 copies, and then you'll be a bona fide bestseller. And one of the things that I coach and teach as a book marketing coach is that it's easier to find one organization to buy 35,000 copies on one big order than it is to find 35,000 individuals each to buy a book apiece. So back in 2000, 2001, when Creating Your Own Destiny came off the press, I found a network marketing company in the direct selling industry that bought 40,000 books in the first month. So the first month, I became a best-selling author uh, having that sale already in the basket, so to speak. And so that's what I recommend people doing, sell the books by the truckload, not buy them one at a time, so to speak. Would you mind referring that people to me, person to me when my book comes out in August? <laughs> yeah, you can go to the Direct Selling Association, dsa.org, and uh-huh. the dsa.org, almost every network marketing company has a book of the month program, and you want to tap into the book of the month program and get your book in front of those people, and ma- amazing things will happen. Wow, what a great tip that is. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> I'm writing that one down for sure. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's invite Deborah onto the show. Hi, Deborah, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Thank you for doing Hi. this. Sure, glad to have you. Share your question with us. Well, uh, Patrick's been talking a lot about once the book is written and publishing it and all that kind of stuff, but I want to write a book and I don't know where to start. And how does he approach that kind of coaching and what does he do with that? Because fine once I get it written, but like, where do I start? There's so many different things going through my head. That's a great point. (laughs) Yeah, very good question, Deborah. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm a big advocate that your book is your speech. Your speech is your book. They're one and the same. Your book is your coaching practice. Your coaching practice is your book. They're one and the same. Your book is your consultancy. Your consultancy is your book. They're one and the same. So based on that, you need to write about whatever you choose to or desire to speak on, coach on, and consult on in the future. So don't write about collecting vintage duck decoys or rookie baseball cards or the you know um, some other you know cockamamie subject matter that's not even you know irrelevant to speaking, coaching, and consulting. So whatever your biggest passions are, whatever you want to speak, coach, and consult on, you need to write about that. So one of the first homework assignments that I give all of my clients right from day one is I ask them to jot down 20 of the greatest lessons that they want their readers to learn as a result of reading their book. And then the second assignment is every one of those lessons becomes a chapter, and then we put them in sequentially in the right order, and then there's three award-winning title formulas that I coach and teach, and I have them select one of the title formulas for their chapter headings. And then based on that, now we have the basis for creating a book outline And then once you have the book outline in place, then I coach and teach how to write and tell stories. I coach and teach a DNA for writing a chapter, the storytelling formula, how to use exercises in the book. And then I put my clients on a one of four different author diets. And in doing that, once they have these one of four author diets that they select, then I become the project manager, production coordinator, and I nudge them through the process each week by giving homework assignments through one-on-one calls and group calls and unlimited text and unlimited email access. So I become the nudge person to push them along ever so gently. And the goal is to do anything and everything you can to get the manuscript written in eight to 10 weeks and not worry if it's very good. Everybody thinks that it has to be perfect. 
But the reality of it is, is done is more profitable than perfect. So I'm uh, known to tell my clients to create a piece of crap, D minus rubbish manuscript that's not very good. And then after we do a couple self edits of that manuscript, and then we send it off to my managing editing team, who the number one editor has a PhD in literature, a master's in creative writing, an undergraduate in English. He's a novelist himself. He and his team takes your book and makes it world class. And once your book comes off the press, people will think that they hear your voice, that you're the most elegant writer in the world. And people say all the time, Patrick, you're such a good writer. I could just hear your voice through the work. It was amazing. And then I think, well, I am not a very talented writer. I'm okay, maybe average, maybe a bit better than average. But I got C's in high school English, uh, C's in college rhetoric. So yes, I'm an international best-selling author, but I'm not a best-writing author. So it just takes discipline daily habits and just trying to crank out you know 50 to 500 words a day and when you do that great things will happen and some people still can't write a book and so what we do is they leverage the voice recognition software that's out there and we have them speak their book into the computer and then in doing that they can accept uh, accelerate the rate in which their manuscript goes to press very good question deborah thank you so what is an author diet <laughs> <laughs> well, you have the Atkins diet, Weight Watchers diet, you have uh, no carb diet and, you know, liquid diets. And so that's all about with the, the goal of getting someone to lose weight. So what I've created is four or five different author diets with the goal of getting my clients to actually get a manuscript completed and off to the editor. So one of the uh, author diets that I think is very effective, probably the most successful one is the 50 word per day author diet. And what that means is my clients are not willing or not able to fall asleep at night and go to bed at night until they have written out 50 words in their word manuscript. And they all say, Patrick, that's so easy. Are you kidding me? 50 words, that's like three or four sentences. I can write three or four sentences a day. And then my answer is, okay, well then do it. And then what happens, they sit down and write three or four sentences and then they get in the groove and they can't stop. So they, their goal is 50 words, but they write 250 words on Monday. Tuesday, they write their 50 words, and they keep going. And now Tuesday, they write 500 words. Wednesday, they do 1,000 words. Thursday, they only have five minutes, so they go back to 50 words. But that's what it's all about is daily accountability. And part of the coaching is some of my clients, they even text me every day and tell me the word count day after day after day. And by getting those texts, I can monitor if they're actually doing their work or not. So... Mm. Uh, great question, Deborah. Thank you. <laughs> no wonder I or dropped off the radar, right? I text <laughs> Your book's already done. You, you you didn't need that a bit of accountability. You're 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 sharper than the average author. So <laughs> I was never so. I kept telling you how many words I had, though. Remember that? <laughs> you did. You were accountable to me, and I was thrilled. So yeah. And you did so, your homework every week, and that's what's important. Yeah, I know. Well, you can't get there if you don't do your homework. <laughs> so we have our prestigious Dr. Michael Gross on the line. We interviewed him last week, and he was just phenomenal. And so uh, are you there, Dr. Michael? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for your kind words. Sure. Did you have a question for us today? I sure do. Thank you. I want to just say Patrick has been my coach. He does a phenomenal job. He's incredible. And my question to you is, what happens when you run into a writer's block or you lose inspiration? You just doesn't feel it. don't feel it. You try to write 50 words, try to write 150 words. You just don't feel it. What do you do? 
A great question, uh, Dr. Gross, and um, I'm a huge fan of my favorite quote that I turned many years ago that says, only those who can see the invisible can achieve the impossible, and ultimately it's the belief in your vision that holds the key to creating your own destiny. So the challenge is, is to keep the vision alive that you're actually writing and publishing a book. And unfortunately, when you see a Word document or a Word manuscript put together on a computer, you don't actually see anything other than black and white words on white paper and it can be overwhelming, it can be discouraging, and yes, you get writer's block, especially if you don't have a very good book outline, you get stuck. So my number one prescription for my clients that get writer's block is to take a week or two weeks off of the writing process and then move full speed ahead on cover design. And so based on that, I help my clients pick their title, which should be five words or less that speak to their head, subtitle, 10 words or less that speak to the heart, include the word you and your, both in the title and subtitle, with a total of 15 words, and then author name, author credential, and then a tagline that speaks to the genre. And once we have that cover copy nailed, then the next thing is we can go to one of these websites where you can actually purchase the high-res 300 DPI or dots per inch, 300 DPI version of your cover design. And there's actually two different types of covers out there. There are arts and graphics, which are typically circles and rectangles and squares. And I'm not a big fan of those type of covers because, you know, they're just kind of boring. So I like the uh, image-based covers where you actually have photos or images of mountains or oceans or sunsets or Sherlene. With your book, you've got this amazing, beautiful picture of an audience with a celebrity on stage speaking and then a heart. And it's just absolutely well done and elegant. And so based on that, I have my clients work with one of my cover designers and uh, typically my number one designer in the world, I believe, she does uh, a cover design for their clients just to kind of look at. And then once they're sold on that cover design, then they can make the investment and move forward with her for full cover design and interior layout uh, of that process. But what happens is once you get the front cover of your book done, now you have an actual image. And some of my clients, they've even taken that cover design, taken it to FedEx Kinko's and printed it out. And then they take another hardcover book, remove the dust jacket off the other hardcover book, cut their new cover design to fit the size and form factor of that hardcover book. And then they shrink wrap it in plastic. And so now you've got a physical product in your hand, a physical book in your hand with your cover design on it. And then you're able to finally taste and touch and feel and smell and emotionalize that vision. And once you see that vision looking you back day after day in the face, on your desk, everywhere you go, you take that book with you as a show and tell. Now what happens? A fire starts to burn in your belly. And that's where the passion kicks in. And that's where you start moving forward to pursue this dream, goal, and vision, to take daily actions and pursue your goals. And the bottom line is, Dr. Gross and anybody else listening, the only reason I was able to get started in this business is I unsuccessfully gave 300 speaking engagements in my early 20s. And I had a come to Jesus talk and I was one asking the universe, why could I not get paid after 300 failed speaking engagements? I heard back from the universe that if I want what others have, I must do what others have done and I'll get what others have gotten. And that's what I had to do is all of my mentors in the speaking business all had successfully written and published a book. And so I knew that's what I needed to do. But through that process, when anybody gets stuck in the writing process, with writer's block, I strongly encourage them to do the front cover design only, not the inside flat, back flat, back cover, spine, dust jacket, front board, back board, or spine board, because there's actually eight different designs to a cover. 
that come together in one big design file. Uh, just have them do only the front cover, and that will give you the kick in the butt, the nudge in the rear that you need to break up that writer's block and get back to writing. Great question. Mm, wow. You know what Thank helped you. me, too? You. you know, One of the things I love about Patrick is he provides – uh, what you should write, how to write the introduction, how to write your final note. And, you know, I went and I did my introduction and my final note, and that kind of put me into the place where I could write the be the rest of the book. That really made, because I had a front and an end, and it made a big difference in uh, wrapping my head around the rest of it. Well, you bring up a good point because an introduction is the movie trailer. Uh, mm -hmm. Introduction is the hook. An introduction is the introduction or the overview to the book. And most people write their introduction about I and me and this happened to me and I, I, I and me, me, me. And I'm a victim and feel sorry for me because all these bad things in life happened to me. Well, nobody cares about the author. All they care about is if they read that book, can they themselves in their life experience more jo joy and happiness and wealth and peace and freedom. So the ultimate reality is an introduction is for the reader, not for the author. And so I coach and teach a nine-paragraph introduction formula. It's all based on you and your thinking and you and your writing. And then we do the same thing for a final note at the end of the book. And the a final note is a summary of the book. And then most importantly, it's a challenge to the reader to take action. It's a challenge for the reader to call up the author, to schedule a complimentary consultation. It's a challenge for that reader to take action, to do the exercise lines. And you've nailed it, Charlene, with that. The best part of the books are the front page inserts and the back page inserts, specifically the introduction and the uh, final note. Wow, wonderful. And thank you, Dr. Gross, from, for calling in. I didn't get to say thank you. Um, and I want to move along to a commercial really quick, and we'll be right back with Dot Claire. She has a question for you. Hi, I'm Shirlene Reeves with Maximize Your Wealth Now with a new tip on how to maximize your wealth. What if you could compel your clients rather than selling them so that they would work with you? Wouldn't that be so much easier? Wouldn't it be easier to have more income? I talk to entrepreneur after entrepreneur, and they're running from networking group to networking group, and they're so tired. And the reason they're tired is because they're not making any money, and they don't know how to work with their perfect clients. What if I said to you, compel, don't sell, and I could give you the tips for how to do that. I'm tearing back the curtain, and I'm going to show you how I built my business from zero to multi-millions, and I want you to make multi-millions too. So check it out on my website, MaximizeYourWealthNow.com, and get signed up for the next class. I promise you, I guarantee you, you won't be sorry. I invested in Shirlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program, and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. I came in wanting to know how to get more people I could talk to. And I also learned some things I didn't know that I didn't know. And now I know. At least I have a good idea. 
the reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, is I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. In 10 weeks, eight Compel Don't Sell students made a total of $301,000. Isn't it time to make a compelling difference in your income? If you answered yes, call 1-888-889-9212. That's 1-888-889-9212 to register for the next Compel Don't Sell course and learn the art of selling with heart. Discover the secrets to the three-step sales waltz. Learn how to open a sales conversation and ask for the sale authentically in your own words. Dial to reserve your seat today. Dial 888-889-9212. And Doc Claire has been waiting a very long time to ask a question. Hi, Dot, are you there still? I I am. I am. I had to go off for a few minutes and came back on. Well, I commend you for uh, coming back on and being persistent. Sometimes what it that's what it takes to get our answers. So talk to us about your question. Well, first I just want to say how much I appreciate all the information that Patrick is giving us. Um, I love your enthusiasm, Patrick, and uh, I, I, I have written a chapter in a book that wasn't very effective. Of course, my marketing wasn't terrific either. But um, uh, uh, what I'm questioning is, is how does writing a book with you get you speaking gigs? A very good question. And um, one of the things that I do for my clients is I serve as the writing coach, publishing coach, book marketing coach entrepreneurship coach, small business coach, professional speaking coach, uh, coaching coach, media training coach, and publicity coach for life with no expiration date. So you can see I wear a lot of hats based on the needs of my clients. But specifically, the goal is is every day that we're not published, we're losing money because we're losing out on speaking, coaching, and consulting opportunities. So the path that I take my clients down is it took me five years and 20 grand to get published my clients are now getting published routinely in three to six to nine months, and they're spending eight, nine, ten thousand dollars start to finish to get their book published. Once we get the book published, after the book comes off the press, then we do both a virtual book tour via online and social media, and then more important than that, we do a in-person book launch party or an in-person book release party. And I help you orchestrate that. I've done about 300 of those over the years, maybe as many as 400 of those over the years all over the country. And we do everything and anything that we can to get 150, 200, 250 people at that event. We did one in Christchurch, New Zealand. We had like 600 people there. It was incredible. Um, The reason Mm. why you want to do the book launch party is because you want to get yourself in front of a large audience with heads and video. And when you have a large audience, 150, 200 people, Now you can have a professional videographer videotape you, capture you on stage in front of a large audience. And at the book launch party, you're not just reading from the book. You're actually given a one-hour inspirational talk on the message of your book. And so now what happens is people may view you as a coach or as a 
as a, a doctor or attorney or a, an accountant, whatever you do for your day job, but now they see you on stage, now they're inspired by you, and oh, by the way, I'm gonna help you create your PowerPoint presentation, I'm gonna help you with the creation of your keynote speeches and show you how to practice before you do this big day, and then after people see you on stage and they hear you speak, at the end of that book launch party, we A-S-K to G-E-T, and we must ask to get. And what I mean by that is there you need to tell the audience that 100% of your speaking and coaching revenue comes as a result of referrals. So if any of you out there are interested in what I said today and know of any other organizations or schools or associations throughout the world that could benefit from this message today, I would be thrilled and honored to speak with you afterwards to get your business card so that you can put me in touch with whomever that you believe would be interested in my message. And typically what happens is most of my clients that do this, they'll get anywhere from 10 to 15 speaking leads as a result of that event. Now seven of those will be free to churches and nonprofits and schools, and I recommend that you go do that. And then the other seven of those will be paid. And as your speaking coach, I'm gonna help you set your speaking fee, find the speaking engagements, negotiate with the meeting planners, get paid up front in advance, send and submit the speaker contract uh, or speaker agreement. So I help you with all of that. So you might end up with five or seven paid speaking engagements after your book launch party. And now you go do those five to seven paid gigs and the other five unpaid gigs. And every time you speak, the magic word is or phrase is letting the audience know that 100% of your speaking engagements comes by way of referral only. So if you know anybody and everybody that's interested, please get in touch with me. So you go do one speech and you get four referrals. You go do those four speeches and you get 16 referrals. You do those 16 and you got 32 and then 64. And this is how I ended up speaking in the human resources you know, industry all over Central and South America. And I don't know anything about human resources other than I'd had many jobs in my life before I quit my last job at 35 years old to go full-time in this industry. And it was because somebody saw me speak at that conference, they invited me to speak at this conference and all of a sudden, I was doing a tour of South and Central America in the human resources industry uh, on this inspirational speaking. So that's how we do this. That's the answer to your question. But it's not just keynote speaking engagements that you're going to get. You also offer the audience at your book launch party a no obligation 30 to 60 minute coach in session in person or by Skype or geographically in person if possible. Um, and then by doing that, you'll have another 10 or 15 people that would be interested in hiring you as a coach. And then by them hiring you as a coach, now you're going to drive coaching revenue and speaking revenue, both of which will help you reimburse the expense of the investment that you had in the book. And that's one of the services that I provide. I have an entire coaching coach, coach coaching module where I certify my clients to be certified coaches. And then as a result, they're off and running, building a huge coaching practice and then they're leveraging another stream of income in this information empire business. Great question. You know, that, wow. that, and that was a phenomenal answer, too. And I talk in my book about multiple streams of income, and that's exactly what Patrick is talking about, is creating multiple streams of income so that when one income disappears, you still have other income supporting you. Absolutely. And even many of my clients, they dabble in the field of network marketing or multi-level marketing as yet another stream of income. And so mm -hmm. you have professional keynote speaking income, book sale income, coaching income, consulting income. Many times I encourage my clients to keep their day jobs. So you have day job income. 
And then if you're involved in network marketing, you have direct sales income. And then you might have consulting income. So the goal is to develop six or eight streams of income so that you're never dependent on just one stream of income ever again. Did that answer your question, Dot? Well, more than answer my question. I'm going to have to listen <laughs> to the recording this uh, session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think this is why people can't really get off the ground with their businesses is that they really don't think big enough and they don't think about all the different avenues that they could actually take in order to make money. They get stuck on trying to do it one way and one way only because some coach told them that that's the way it had to be. But if you think bigger, then you have a much bigger income. And I think you need to add that into Patrick with regard to if you have a less a slimmer waistline, you make more money. And, you, you know, if you think bigger, <laughs> then you have a bigger income. Well, the reality of it is there's a million ways to make a million dollars. It takes the execution of one way. So like many other businesses, this business is trial and error, test and measure, rinse and repeat. Whatever you do that works, do more of it. Whatever you do that doesn't work, stop. Yes, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Dot, for calling in and for uh, raising your great question. Um, Patrick, would you do me a favor and um, share with everybody how to connect with you? Well, the best way to reach me is my speaking website is patricksnow.com, patricksnow.com. My publishing website is thepublishingdoctor.com or thepublishingdoctor.com. All three words all spelled out. But because of spam and email, the absolute best way to reach me, for anybody that's listening, I would be honored and thrilled to offer anyone listening today uh, no obligation, 30 to 60 minute publishing, book marketing, professional speaking consultation by phone, in person, or by Skype. And the best way to schedule your private session with me is to send me a text on my private cell phone number with both your name and your time zone. Again, send me a text with your name and your time zone to my private cell phone number, which is 206-310-1200. Again, that's 206-310-1200, 206-310-1200. And mention in your text that you heard me on the Sherlene radio show, and I would be thrilled to schedule some time with you. And you won't be sorry, let me tell you, because I I am so grateful for Patrick and that I'm in the spot that I'm in with regard to uh, being in the editing stage now. So we've got uh, Dr. Michael Gross back on the phone on line four. Are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, I can. I'm so sorry. I was in my car. That's all right. A bad cell. Can you hear me? No, all we right. can hear well, you perfectly. I have one more question. Thank you. I have one more question for Patrick, and Patrick, you know, you say your book is your speech, your speech is your book, and how do you give like a two-minute, five-minute, ten-minute presentation using your book? What is the shortcut to be able to do it effectively? Uh, the best way is to physically just give your book to the prospect, uh, and when you give your book to the prospect, there is no way in the world they're going to let you only speak for two to three minutes or five minutes because they're going to want to know more and more and more. But the bottom line is what we need to do is understand where people's pain are. And so one of the things that I try to do is I give different presentations to different prospects dependent upon their needs. So we need to determine what it is that they want. And then once we know what it is that they want, then we can pull from different pits and pieces of our book to them. 
So if I was tasked with only being able to speak for three to five minutes to a group, such as in Toastmasters, uh, what I would probably do is I would pick one chapter in my book and I would try to come up with maybe one or two bullet points from one chapter in my book and then tell one or two stories in that time frame. And then instead of trying to give them the entire overview of everything, which would be way too hard to do in such a short period of time, I might try to tell one or two stories, um, one about yourself and then maybe one about your clients. So you can also talk about case studies and the results that your clients had using what it is that you coach and teach. So when, when challenged with doing a short speech, I would just pick a chapter and tell two stories and you'll be good to go. And then the next time you have the opportunity to do it again, pick a different chapter. And then a third time, yet another chapter. And I say that about speaking, too, because you're going to want to put all these speaking engagements on your website. And if you say the same thing every time you go out, people are going to get kind of bored listening to whatever it is you have to say over and over and over again when they click on the different podcasts on your website. Thank you, you very much. Dr. That's really helpful. I appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for calling back in. And I want to talk to everybody about who we've got coming up next week. We have Dr. Deborah Dupree, and she is all about relationships at work and how to get along with people at work. Or if you want to get a raise or you want to get in the door because you're an entrepreneur, how to work with others so that you can build a solid foundation and get those referrals that Patrick is talking about. So I'd love it if you join us again next week on Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And I'll be broadcasting here from San Diego. And I want to give Patrick one last opportunity to tell everybody how they can reach him one more more time, Patrick? Uh, best way is by text on my private cell number, 206-310-1200, 206-310-1200. So I challenge everybody listening today to think it, ink it, believe it, and achieve it. And if you think about your dreams, goals, and visions, ink that book into print, believe in yourself, then you'll be able to achieve any dream, goal, or vision that you've set out for yourself. Awesome. Thank you, Patrick. And if you want to listen to this podcast again, and I really think those of you who are interested in writing a book should do that, it will be up on iTunes and we'll be sending it out through social media. So thank you for joining us today, Patrick. You were just amazing. And thank you to all of you listeners who took the time to be with you, with us, I should say. See you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ascended Masters at Work show with spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. We hope you found our message enlightening in a way that will change your everyday interactions in work and play. Share the love. Pass on our web address, ascendedmastersatwork.com, and if you have a great story to share, we'd love to have you on the show. This has been a Massive Visibility Media Production. Join us next week for the Ascended Masters at Work show. And while remembering the words of the late Wayne Dyer, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. We say Namaste.